0: Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about truth today, and uh, sometimes this sort of show sort of just puts itself together. I had a bunch of things queued up that I wanted to talk about, but I ran across a very, very troubling article, very interesting article, and so I thought I'd go that direction instead. But before I do, let's have some fun. Uh, this is from a uh, Don Julio, a new campaign that's launching called For Love oh that's the spanish por amor a love letter to Mexico and uh, so this we'll just dive right in i'm in, i'm in, in the middle because you know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me there's a new hat a beach this is a kind of a t- agave tequila Founded in 1946, no 1942, people dancing, it's all shot on location in Mexico, and uh, there you go, oops, there it goes, made in Mexico, okay, (laughs) anyway, anyway, I don't know, Uh, you know, do I understand that stuff? Not that much. I have to say. Do I really understand it? No. There's a cynical uh, view of advertising that says, uh, good advertising is what the client accepts. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, there was a long article in <coughs> in Adland. <coughs> Adland. And uh, I like Adland. They give you a lot of backstory. Okay. Uh, it says that Don Julio... Gonzalez, or be Julio. I have a friend from Brazil, and his name is spelled exactly the same way, and he's Julio. <laughs> uh, anyway, every choice he made was for exceptional tequila. He did it for por amor. And uh, I'm thinking in Italian now. Okay, so this celebrates modern Mexico and its people who live por amor. Um, and you know, it's, it's basically saying that the, the energy of Mexico is emotion and that that's what it's selling. It's selling the emotion. I, I noticed in the grocery store lately, you can't buy a, uh, an inexpensive tequila anymore. It used to be the cheapest thing you could buy was tequila. <laughs> and now what we've got is, uh, is we've got premium. Where is this thing? Uh, yeah, 1942. Guillerme Martins was uh was the senior marketing director. It's an invitation to to celebrate the the modern spirit of the country, luxury tequila. Now that was, yeah. See that I would have said that that was kind of a an oxymoron, kind of like luxury beer. I mean, I'm not denigrating the category. I drink beer, I drink tequila. But I've taken up making my margaritas with vodka. <laughs> Because vodka has fallen out of favor and the price has gone down dramatically, <laughs> or at least it stayed the same when everything else has gone up. So uh, you know, so I'm not all that excited about luxury tequila. But anyway, um, and as part of this uh, part of this promotion, they reimagined Don Julio's or Julio's iconic hat which made a show at the New York Fashion Week show to rave reviews okay now here's the article I've been I'm, I'm puzzling on by Chris Lewis at the drum I'd like to know more about Chris Lewis maybe we should look him up but I am become Karen destroyer of worlds how we all got wrapped up in our own truth very 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 interesting and disturbing article um chris says there's an awful lot of truth out there my truth your truth their truth the lived experience sometimes these truths coincide most don't um you know scott adams back in 2015 um decided that trump had a good shot at winning because he Uh, he understood that truth was not as important as persuasion, and that persuasion was the most important political asset. So Scott said that he thought that was going to come through as the victory. Um, It seems now that, at least according to Chris, the volume of truths has gone up enormously. We all have these truths, And we hold these truths to be self evident, none ourselves. Well, they're all self evident to ourselves and none to others. (laughs) And that doesn't bother anybody. It doesn't seem to, you know. And uh, Chris talks a lot about how this is reinforced. Um, We want entertainment rather than truth, we want diversion. We don't even really want to face the truth, I think. interesting so your grandparents might have been given a book at school and told to read it but with the pace of how we consume information that's just not an efficient way of getting truth it's quicker to consume video than it is to read and i agree you know first i was i was seduced by uh by audiobooks and uh, which i still enjoy and now, you know, I'm just a, a lover of YouTube. Now, I stay off the short form, although I've been doing short forms now because I want you to see that there's content in the content. Uh, I think that I get impressions and likes. The impressions are way up. I was going to put a graph up on that. But um, I really want you to thoughtfully consume this. I will talk about direct mail almost every day and direct marketing. And because of that, um, I probably will give you more on that topic than anyone else, and faster than you could even search for it because I spend more than the time of the show looking for direct marketing news. Um, but anyway, because it's quicker to consume video, uh, the process of the process is that we're being fed only information, that supports the point of view we already have. Now that actually is kind of a personal choice, you know. Although in TikTok's case, where they are better at the algorithm, and I may start posting there because maybe they'll find me some people that are <laughs> interested in direct mail. I don't know. I don't know if there's such a thing on TikTok. I should go investigate it. But um, whether we like it or not, search engines feed us more about what we already know, which is less uncomfortable. But also, is it, not only is it a kind of confirmation bias, it is like heart and soul of it. And so we don't just disbelieve those who disagree. We cancel them outright. Karen, she's coming. And with, each time, with less time available for each piece of news, there's a new extremism. And consensus is boring. Fights are more entertaining. Anger is the new advertising. Who wants carrots when you can have donuts? But Chris says that boredom is a precondition for imagination and imagination allows you to visualize what could be. Imagination allows you to live in the future and unlike, no matter what you think of the term predictive modeling, which is really only predictive to the extent that you know the causal impact of combinations of variables. And you only get to that by having an explanation based on experimental design that isolates causal variables. You probably didn't catch that. But think about it. Play it back. Anyway, so to get to the future, you either have imagination or you have rigorous experimentation. No other ways around it. And even experimentation won't get you there if you don't employ employ the scientific method to to set up the context properly for the experimentation. I see that almost never, even in direct marketing, where they believe in testing. They're almost never testing with an eye toward theory. And without theory, you don't get to the future. Sorry, it just doesn't work. So the queen visited the trading floor after the financial crisis of 2009. Why didn't anybody notice it? And uh, the short answer from Chris is no one had the time to dream. People, no one thought there could be a global pandemic. Well, of course we did. I, I disagree with that. But the idea of people being locked down and left at home with only the internet, no wonder we have an epidemic of mental illness. I'm not exactly sure what Chris is advocating, but he is pointing out that unless you give everyone what they want all the time, and in fact, I would say not only unless you give everyone what they want all the time, in which case you don't get views, (laughs) you know, look at my YouTube channel, 1500 YouTube videos and, you know, most get a dozen views or something. I don't work at it that hard. I'm working a little harder lately. But if you give someone what they want all the time, you get a Karen. It's not unless, it's if. And since the search engines do that, that's where we end up. Not only that, but you get a Karen on drugs, millions of Karens telling you their truths, which essentially destroys truth because we, one of the very foundations of truth is that there's some objective reality to it. There's an external reality, which may not be persuasive, but it will, uh, yesterday I showed people getting hit by trains or falling into train tracks. Um, that is objective reality. <laughs> if you don't see the train coming, or you ignore the blinky lights that are merely a symbol of the train, you get objective truth. And uh, so let's go over to this article. I was going to talk about DM direct mail versus paid search, but this is an article I wrote way back long ago after I'd been working at, the, at an ad agency for a while, and it's up on LinkedIn in my articles. This is from Tom Fishburne. It's, And this is the emoji for caca. If our agency said, oh, our agency said that if we want our brand to appeal to millennials, our message has to be authentic. I underline the authentic. Okay. And um, that might be better advertising, you know. (laughs) I don't know, though. You know, our agency was pitching the YouGo account, which we declined to pitch after. I drove the Yugo that we got to look at across town, and while adjusting the rearview mirror, it came off in my hand. It's a brand-new Yugo. (laughs) The gas cap broke in my hand. It was just not made very well. Um, But anyway, so we just decided we didn't want to be behind it. So yesterday and the day before, I was on Delivered, which was a really, really worthwhile uh, online webinar by done by real mailers and real um, mostly agency people. I'll admit, but very very smart people. Phil Wylan was on. Bob Bly was on. Uh, Mike Gunderson, who I talk about often, was on. Um, I would have liked to. to Mike. To, the end of Mike's presentation was unbelievably great when he talked about his new um, call me later. I don't, I don't think that's quite the name, but it's something like that, where people can tag an ad and ask for when the sale starts. Ask it to be put on their calendar or give them their, their SMS or whatever uh, on a Q code, uh, a QR code, and uh, that can be put on a mailing piece. And I think it's a great way of sort of tricking brand advertising especially big retailers who have sales often into better tracking, into better matrix, into better experimentation and testing. And Mike and I are going to have to talk about that. So Mike, I hope you hear this. I'll clip it out for you maybe. Um, anyway, people talked about variables. They talked about profiling their customers. They talked about modeling. And uh, But like this article suggests, not many mention specific variables or specific, even specific ROI on that process. Uh, pretty much no one ever does. Um, and when you actually try to do it, which I've tried often, you know, maybe thousands of models, when you try to figure out what the connection is between the percentage of mobile homes and the and the musician's friend catalog. It actually had a pretty good lift uh, and also the werewolf variable, which I won't get into. Um, But, you know, the president of a baseball client of ours said maybe we should we should rent owners of of SUVs because, you know, we're marketing to people with kids in baseball. And, And, you know, it's like, well, even though. Most of the families who drive up to the baseball game have an SUV. That doesn't mean everybody who has an SUV has a family or has kids or, or play or is interested in baseball. You know, the inverse doesn't work. we got to be careful about that. So now we also built a variable for likelihood of a zip code to be interested in baseball from data with from the uh, uh, American Softball Association and uh, – american little league association so anyway you know there's ways you can get there but it's just always difficult it seems like there's there's an infinite number of possible variables about each one of your customers and they never quite fit exactly what you what you want right and i was talking to joseph katz yesterday we had a nice conversation which i recorded and should be up one of these days when i'm you know out of town or something um But we talked about how the variables just, you know, never quite fit. Never quite give you what you want. Um, And because of those missing variables, the thing that's missing most, I think, is the one that's not in the database, but it's in the modeler. That's right here. The variable I'm interested in is not in the customer database. It's in the modeler. And... The most important variable missing in most marketing databases is integrity. Okay, integrity basically means that you do what you say, but modeling. In modeling, it's so easy to stop with good enough. You know, most of the modeling done today doesn't even have a human really looking at it. You know, Phil Wyland's presentation was very interesting because he did talk about looking at it. Right? I asked another in another presentation, I asked about predictive modeling. And um, the presenter talked about regression, which is a very, very basic form of modeling, but understandable. We had a a more elaborate view, a more elaborate process where you could see the variables, but it was more like AI, more like machine learning. Um, And so I could take Cabela's through Dick Cabela. He was really curious about it. One of the smartest guys I ever worked with and probably didn't go to college i don't know if he did or not he didn't seem like it he hated computers i know um but when we got done he said yep that's what fishermen are like and so you know i want to put out you know chris didn't really come to a conclusion but i want to put out a, a call to marketers that we need to be worried more about objective truth worried more about how it how it really, that that's what ROI is about. That's why you don't have credibility with your CFO. Because the CFO is working with the checking account. <laughs> and and if there's no money, the company's out of business. The CFO has hard reality, right? If there's no inventory, you can't ship. You know, all of those things and operations. Marketing is, you know, is all in imagination. But um, perhaps too concerned about, Their truth rather than the customers truth and and little concerned with the objective truth and that's why I'm continually urging you to use variables that connect with the profitability how much did we make on this you know if we spend a dollar how many dollars of sales you need about ten dollars of sales for every one dollar of advertising so return on ad spend has to be about a thousand percent why because we don't make a thousand percent on the revenue we generate we only make about thirty percent after shipping and handling and overhead in the marketing department and all that we net out maybe that maybe not probably not even that um but So our gross margin is maybe 50% and the rest of the overhead is maybe 20% uh, if you have free shipping. So so for every dollar of ad ad spend, you need $10 of of sales and you need about $3 of profit to make it really worth doing. And that simple approach, that simple way of looking at things, that's the kind of thing a CFO goes, yeah, that's right, something like that. Marketing people look at you like a deer in the headlights. And that kind of integrity is objective. Have a great day. Like and share, your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.